Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, you road to growth listeners. Today I have a twofer. It was two people that I didn't have planned about as of yesterday because one had to leave, a mix up, a change up. But that's family why emergency. Exactly. Things happen, right? Uh, so I've had I've had a lot more coaches on here, and you guys um are, are part of uh, Luma. Luma. And am I saying that wrong? Luma? Lumo, L-U-M-O, Luma. Lumo. Okay. So it's it's not necessarily you're the owner of it, but you guys are both probably there. So I'd love to hear your feedback or how you would say this. Um, so the question I asked for a lot of coaches, consultants is what separates you from other coaches, consultants, and other people in that sector? Who would want to go first? Elena, Anna? Elena, you go. I'll go first. Well, first of all, I want to be, make sure there's a different, like it's clear on what a consultant is versus a coach. I don't know if you talk about this a lot in your show, but um, that's something that's really important to us and our company. Um, we are coaches. We meet our clients where they are, and we support them in, um, in, in creating a path forward of what they want to create in their in their um, companies, in their personal lives, in their professional lives, and then we, um, I always say that I am in the driver's seat, and I'm here to remind you of the the, the map that we created, and to help you um, identify when there's roadblocks and get over those roadblocks. Maybe you, sometimes you get stuck in the same roundabout all the time, and I point that out and remind you of that, remind you of who you are, remind you of what you said. So holding them accountable. This is very different, Vinny than me going in and saying, business owner, this is, you know, you said you want this, you're going to do X, Y, and Z, and then, you know, set them loose. That's what a consultant does often. Um, so that's just something I'd like to make sure people understand, because while we may give some of our, um, a little bit of advice, because we have a lot of experience in supporting business owners and parents and moms and, you know, executives as an example, it's really about them discovering and uncovering what they truly want and us supporting them to get there. Um, really the formula for, for, um, for us as coaches is if you would like a new um, result, then you need to take on a new mindset and create and have new actions to create that new result. Um, but, well, and the reason why I say coach consultant is because it, you'd be very surprised. And I've had a wide variety of different people in the sector and the descriptions and the definitions can intertwine a little bit. And so even for people listening right now, they're looking at someone to help them get from point A to point Z and they lump them both together. So when yeah. I, when I use that, that, that spectrum of coach consultant, it's more just an, of an idea of how you define it. Because I mean, I would probably guess the definition of how people perceive it today compared to how it was 10, 20, 30 years ago would be totally different. And it's probably going to be different in the next 10, 20, 20 years from now. You know what I think is such a great modern day example of, um, of coaching on two levels is Ted Lasso. Because he's a coach. He's a coach, but he's also a coach. And, and his right. job on the team, obviously, is to coach them in, in football. But um, he doesn't actually know how to do that. So that's the irony. But he does coach them to their greatness. And he uses unusual, sort of like Mary Poppins. You know what I mean? Like uses unusual ways of, of drawing out what is best and what is great in his players and in the people in his life. In his life. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
So when we started watching Ted Lasso, all the women in our company, there are six founders and we've been working together for, for two years. We actually launched um, right at the beginning of the pandemic, which made oh. it exciting, fun, very entrepreneurial, very improvisational. Um, we all started watching Ted Lasso and we're like, he's a coach, but he's like a coach. He's like a coach, coach. And that's, that's what I often tell people now because everyone's watched Ted Lasso. I'm like, you know how he's a coach? He's also a coach. <laughs> <laughs> so would you say that you're the Ted Lasso of coaching, of modern day yes. coaching? That was actually some acknowledgement I received earlier this week. So yes, I mean, really? I'm not saying that. Yes. Did you miss that, Anna? I did. I did miss that. Oh, that, oh. that was an acknowledgement. Yes. Yes, you're right. I was there. Yes. Yes. We we are. We are the Ted Lasso. And, and, and partially, not just because we are out there, like really helping people see their greatness and helping them get to what they want, but we're doing it um, in a way that is fun and with play and love and, and empathy and um, and also like a lot, a lot of trust. Um, as a company, we've actually been working a lot looking, you know, as one as a company would do as you strategize for the next year, we're looking at, you know, our values, our mission and vision and continue to, to like, you know, kick the tires. We want to always make sure that we're contemporary to who we really are, as, as all companies would, right? Um, obviously, we're not gonna make big sweeping changes, but we just kind of check in and make sure and we really, really, really fundamentally believe that, um, you know, play and um, and humor and having fun is so important to our work, not only inside our company, but also, you know, with our clients and with the companies that we yeah. work with. One of the one of the really interesting things is we all the six founders, you know, Sarah started the company uh, and then she brought in five women that she had developed relationships with. Um, we were all individual coaches. Mm. And and while we had all studied in the same coaching program, the other thing that really connected us uh, was the fact that we were all mothers and that we all have a very specific view of what motherhood can be and what parenthood can look like, that it's not, uh, doesn't have to be a burden, that you don't have to pick your career over parenthood or that you have to suffer, that suffering is optional and that there is a way to, to live a life, which we call the luscious life. Um, that allows you to create the life you want to create, have the relationships you want to have, have the career you want to have, and that it's not its not something that just happens to special people. It just happens to the people who are willing to, to build the structures, to create the agreements, to have the partnerships, to find and look and, and change and transform and, and really take total ownership and responsibility of their lives. So when we all came together, we're like, how do we make the most impact? We can continue to work one-on-one -on -one with clients. And we can continue to have retreats with moms, which was our plan initially before the pandemic. Uh, but the pandemic happened and we just thought, what's going to happen to parents? What's going to happen to mothers? This is going to be a catastrophe. So we've pivoted our business like three times, probably, Elena, <laughs> since the pandemic began. But our goal is how do we change the parenting culture in America through the parents and through the people who employ them, which is why we have landed ourselves right at the intersection of work and parenthood and we're providing leadership training. We're providing programs for parents to go on leave when they're expecting, or if they have family leave, or if they're coming back from working from home, or they had to leave their job because of the COVID and they're coming back. So we're creating all these programs that help support where we are in the world right now. And as HR people and managers and companies are like, where's everybody going? Why is everybody leaving? We're like, you know why? Would you like some help? 
it, when it first came up, the idea uh, uh, for this platform, uh, for this coaching platform, was it more focused on the parent, on the pregnant mother, people looking to build a family? I mean, what was the, the original idea uh, for this coaching platform? Yeah. So S Sarah Olin, our CEO and the, the, the original founder of the company, um, she really started working with burned out moms and did so in these in-person retreats. And part of that is because transformation and mindset shifts and like how you relate to your experience of motherhood mm -hmm. is really powerful in person when women come together. So that's really how it started. And from there, as, as Anna said, it grew and evolved with the pandemic, with the fact that, you know, gosh, you know, what we heard is actually really amazing and awesome. We heard from men. What about us? We need that too. You know, like mm -hmm. I'm a dad, I'm a working dad. I need that support, especially in the pandemic when we saw, you know, co-parenting and, and, um, homeschooling and all of that. Right. So like, it's really fundamentally changed, you know, who our audience is because there's so much of a, um, <laughs> of a, um, of a need for, um, not just, moms, but dads that are working professionals to shift how they're relating to their work, how they relate to their role as mom or dad, how they relate to, you know, entrepreneurial, um, being an entrepreneur as an example. I know that that's, you know, what a lot of your audiences is entrepreneurs, right? So like, you know, we have, we wear many hats and through the work that we do as coaches, supporting folks to, you know, squarely own that hat and, um, and do it in a way that is not just, um, you know, I always used to have this 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 idea of like the duck that looks great on the water, you know, the beautiful, and then underneath you're like, you know, like this with the, you know the flaps. I can't think of the words, Anna. Use the words when people for people that are listening, they're like paddling, you know, furiously underneath the water, and um and that's what in the coaching world we've we've helped moms, dads, working professionals, mostly working parents is is our niche now, um with um with changing that changing that relationship and changing how they operate. Not just what they do, but how they operate in the world. Would, would you, um, and maybe we'll go with uh, with Anna first. Can you rewind a little bit to where did your coaching journey come from? Maybe before you actually joined this this the company, but what got you into coaching in the first place? Well, Sarah uh, actually got both Elena and I into coaching. Oh, okay. um, it's it's a fun story. Um, the, the law, the, the earliest part of the story is my husband was in grad school in Rhode Island and I was working as a screenwriter in Hollywood and I was going back and forth cause I was working for Disney animation and I went with him to a bar in a small town in Rhode Island. And, um, there was a woman behind the bar who was so magnetic, so funny, slinging drinks, knew everybody in the bar. She was just so captivating and funny and charming. And after being in LA for years and years where bartenders can be a little bit cool, a little bit icy. I was like, who is this woman? And I said to my husband, that's my new best friend. And he was like, okay, sure. Not abnormal for me. So I went and introduced myself to the woman. It ends up being Sarah. And so Sarah and I become friends and we hung out and did yoga together in, in uh, Rhode Island. And, and ultimately she ended up moving to New York and was pursuing all sorts of different interesting paths. She was getting her yoga teacher training. Um, she was teaching meditation and yoga at, at, big companies and C-suites and um, she was still slinging the drinks on the side, but also living the secret life of a yogi and like going to India and training to be a Kundalini yoga teacher. And someone said to her, um, one of the people from the yoga class said to her, you know, I just want to pay you to talk to me. 
you're just so magical and you're so interesting and you're so funny. And I just, I love talking to you. I'd like to pay you to talk to me. And Sarah was like, sweet, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so she started thinking about what she wanted to do next. And she was looking at social work and she was looking at therapy and she started um, investigating coaching. And then all of the, these signs from the universe kept, kept kind of popping in. Someone's like, oh, you should check out this coaching program. And so she just started paying attention. And then she started researching different coaching programs and she found a coaching program that had a, a branch in New York called Accomplishment Coaching. And uh, that ends up being the coaching program that we all did. And Elena, I'll let you tell your your leg of the story. But Sarah, the thing that, that, that blew my mind is I had become a parent before Sarah and parenting, becoming a mom, cleaned my clock. Like it just, I had a C-section, I had two breast infections that required surgery, I had postpartum depression, I had a hormonal imbalance. I, it was It was a mess and I had a very easy loving baby but I lost my career. I couldn't maintain that freelance work from home, flying back and forth to California lifestyle because we were living on the East Coast. And I gave up my career. I hadn't built any support structures for myself. I thought, how hard is it to have a baby? People have been having babies for thousands and thousands of years. I'm gonna have a baby. I'm gonna keep writing. I work from home, easy. No. So Sarah, meanwhile, has had a baby, is in the coaching program, has moved to Charlotte from Manhattan, and she's killing it. She looks great doing it. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? She's like, nothing is wrong with you. You just don't have enough support. So that's when I started talking to Sarah about coaching. And when Sarah moved from New York to Charlotte, North Carolina, that is where she met Elena. Yeah. And my my coaching journey started before Sarah, but Sarah was definitely an integral part of it. Um, I, I actually have, um, gosh, I've got about 20 years, it feels so old when I say that, of corporate experience. And I've worked in companies small and large um, since I graduated from undergrad and um, I got my MBA along the way. But but something that was always really interesting to me and what I found myself falling into the role of is supporting people as they were navigating their career and like asking them really curious questions. And, and eventually this served me well because my curiosity, <laughs> uh, which I would argue, Anna, <laughs> you have the curious, like Anna will, will make make friends with everyone. She asks a lot of questions. She's very curious. And that's a really big part of coaching. But um, long story short, um, I um, was employed by a large financial institution through a leadership development program. And because I was really curious about who ran this, what does it take to run this program? I've got ideas. I was talking to the right people at the right time. And I got asked to run the programs. And so from, from being an employee of the company to now being um, someone who is managing leadership development programs, I became an internal coach essentially and started my career in human resources, which I never intended to do. And as much as I fought it, I kept um, trying to do other things inside the company. I came back to it and eventually um, met Sarah and I had learned about this coaching profession. And I kept saying in the back of my head, that would be incredible. I'd really love to do that, but not now, not now, not now. And so Sarah and I became very good friends. I kept in contact with her about it. I helped her with her retreats. And then one thing led to another and I decided to jump in and become a coach um, and not knowing what was on the other side of it. And on the other side of it for me was um, becoming a certified, a professional certified coach. And then um, eventually leaving my corporate job um, six months ago to help um, Sarah and Anna and the rest of the team to build the company as the chief administrative officer. But uh, that is like a, a complete leap of faith. <laughs> and um, and in, in the meantime, I'm like, you know, absolutely loving it. This is what I'm meant to be. And that those 20 years of corporate experience are really serving me well now too. We're very grateful for those 20 years of experience. <laughs> <laughs> but I started working at like 12, obviously. So, you know. 
how when you balance out basically what you do as a chief financial officer compared to actually being a coach how much of your time is separated alina <laughs> oh well technically um I coach on top of it really because I it's important for me to be like doing the work as well as like running the company and because I love it. Like coaching to me is is actually what what I was meant to do. It's it's amazing. Like I had I had no idea. And when I'm with a client and I'm coaching and we're creating breakthroughs and transforming people's lives, it's like amazing. Like I do it I would do it for free. I do do it for free for fun. Um but most of my work, most of my working hours is is really around um building Lumo and, and being the chief administrative officer. And, and that, 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 that is a lot of um, different hats I wear there. So. Well, I would say also Elena, that, that you're using your coaching and leadership skills every day with the team too, because True. she's very much the central hub of organization and connectivity and is, is take, you know, tr taking us through all these systems. Cause you've got all these women who are individual entrepreneurs coming in and learning about racy and getting on a sauna and, adapting to Slack and, and Elena's level of patience and ability to teach different kinds of mindsets and personalities and ways of being like she, she coaches every day. Um, it's in, and we all did the same coaching program, all six of us. So we use our leadership and coach training every day with each other. And it, the, the benefit the, the, the unquantifiable uh, benefit is that we have a clear way of communicating with each other about good things, about hard things, about complex things. We're not afraid to get into the deep, messy end and figure out why something's not working or what needs to change or, you know, the way we do evaluations, like we call them soaks, like we like we have the mindset that we're getting in a hot tub together and figuring out like what's going on, how's it going over for there for you, how's it going over here for us? Like we're trying to just change the way we experience feedback communication, hard conversations. And I think if we hadn't all had this common language, um, it wouldn't be going as well as it is. Well, well, talking about that, I mean, how is, and if you, if we have to, if you're not comfortable talking about it, but being that you're talking about six, um, six owners of the company, right? Six founders of the company. Is it a pool system? Is it salary? Is it commission? Is it, I mean, how does that how does that work? Because I've had a lot of partners on here, right? And there can always there's sometimes a I'm pulling it, they're not really doing as much, or they're doing this and I'm doing this, and that's kind of why it works. With six people, that could possibly get a little more hectic. It is it's a work in progress, and we're constantly balancing cash flow needs with with how we pay ourselves. Um, okay. and we're you know, we're quite frankly early stage startup and we've bootstrapped it so far with some financing that we've got from friends and family. So we are most definitely, it's a, it's a literally like month to month looking at it. I'll say we, we take small stipends and then we get paid for our work. So when we're coaching for the company, building programs for the company, selling for the company, we have created a commission structure. One of my, one of my former roles was a commission manager, uh, excuse me, compensation manager. So I built compensation plans. So not that we have it like perfect, but we, it's like, a, it's, we're constantly adjusting based on what the needs of the business are and, and where we're at in our, our, in our life cycle of a company building and growing. Um, so it's a little bit of everything. And um, there are some of us that work the business more and we have a, a slightly higher stipend, you know, basically our, our owners draw, if you will. And then when people are selling, you know, they get a, they get a commission for selling. 
business. And so, so talking about that kind of like the growth of finding, because again, another question I get from a lot of I mean, coaches is how much do I charge my people? And I know from people that have trained from different companies, they usually get structure or they talk to other coaches and they kind of find out, find out where that sweet spot is for each of you. Is that a common number or is it something that you guys had to work to together or how does that, how did that come about? Well, we haven't talked about our cohort. So we've actually hired a cohort of coaches that are independent contractors, right? So yeah. a lot of the founding members are not coaching one-on-one, -on -one, um, let's say business to consumer. We we will be coaching, we coach like at the executive level so yeah. that it's like more in alignment with our with what our um, current rates are. But mm. there there isn't a member that we've we've decided on that we all agree on from a company perspective. We know what we're gonna get paid. We have an hourly rate basically that we like our minimum hourly rate that we're willing to coach for because it's like an integrity thing with our own practices, you know, because mm -hmm. we, we also need to pay our bills. So we want to make sure that we're in integrity. We talk a lot about that. Like, hey, like, can you take a, a Lumo client? Can you not take a Lumo client? You know, and it's like, well, if they're B2C, probably not. But if they're an executive client, yeah. So like we're just constantly checking in with the team. I think Anna is so great about this. And we're really, we're really, really fundamentally like transparency and really good communication and being really clear. And we check in, we do, we do quarterly strategy sessions where we check in on all these things. We're checking in on commissions, you know, salaries, what we're getting, what pricing, all of that to make sure that we're still all aligned on that so that we're, we're not allowing anything to fester <laughs> and that we all feel like we're getting, you know, what we, what we need, what we deserve. And, you know, we're, and balancing that with we're a startup, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And looking and looking at our overall goal for like, longevity and and becoming yeah. super you know super uh productive and and also making the dollars so we got a long view and and sarah's planning on selling the company for a gajillion dollars and a gajillion dollars a just a round estimate of a gajillion so <laughs> when um I mean, again, with more people, more minds, especially coming together, it probably makes some things easier, I would think. Yet there's probably some things that make it more difficult. I mean, what are things that you're kind of learning and, and kind of over time of some things, hey, it might be a little bit difficult, a little easier here. I mean, what are you, what are you learning right now as you're kind of building this company? Are you pointing to me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's it's so fascinating because like, I've always been uh, a solopreneur um, or I've always, you know, I was an actress, I was a stand-up, I was a writer. So this is my first time really working with a team for an extended period of time. Um, and it's just, it's so different than anything I've ever done. It's also different because we exist in Zoom. Our common office is a Zoom room. We don't have a place where we can all get together. For two, was it two years? that from when we first met to when we saw each other again in real life, like it's mind blowing the kind of connections and relationships and commitment that we've made. And, and, and Sarah and I partnered as, as owners, Sarah created the original business that everything is built on. And then she and I were partners and then we brought the other women in. And right now, like at the top of the structure is Elena and Sarah and I. We are actually the ones who are responsible for the company, own the company, and steer the company. Um, and then the other three women are founders. So the six of us are founders, and they own a, a smaller portion of the company, and and will get um, you know uh, 
oh my God, Elena, why can't Pro I think of the word? Profit but sharing. Profit sharing and equity. <laughs> I'm new at this. Uh, I'm an ADHD theater major, Vinny. So this is what we're dealing with. That's why you're our chief creative officer. It's perfect. Which is why I'm the creative officer. So what have I learned? I have learned, um, personally, I've learned how to, to clear my feelings and communicate in a way that is uh, productive and forward moving. Um, I've learned to be a lot more I think being in the entertainment industry and not knowing when my next job was and being really flexible about my lifestyle really helped for entrepreneur life because improv is my favorite game. Parenting and entrepreneurialism are the two longest <laughs> improv games I've ever played in my life. Um, I'm learning to trust other people at a higher level, learning to let go. Um, the way that we work together and, and take ownership of things and hold each other accountable and show up for each other. Um, but really, I think the thing that impresses me is how six women who barely knew each other, we all knew Sarah, but we didn't really know each other, <laughs> met once in a room, you know, laid the egg, and, and then we basically have been taking turns sitting on the egg, holding the egg, spooning the egg, opening the egg, you know, growing the egg, and it's been incredible. Like, my ability to, to, to trust and partner and co-create, like, it just makes life so much better to have people who share your values, share your vision. We all know what we're connected to and we're relentless, tenacious, tireless women. What about what about uh, you, Elena? Is there anything that you've kind of picked up over the, the time of, of working with these? Learn nothing at all. No, nothing. I'm just kidding. No, I'm just joking. No, it has been, um, it's funny because Vinny, I had always wanted to be an entrepreneur and I was so risk averse. It was like, I couldn't even imagine what I could do that would allow me to create the income I wanted to create for my family, you know, to be able to contribute. And, you know, I always saw myself working and I, I thought I had no other choice. So one of the things I learned in this whole journey is like, I have a choice. I don't have to continue to do it the way it was. So that was like, amazing it was such freedom and so scary to leave my my you know my 20 year in the making corporate job with like all the benefits of the 401k and all the shit you know oops i don't know if we sorry all the stuff no you're fine you can cuss okay. <laughs> oh i wish you had told me that earlier Vinny. um but anyway so um so like anna like um some of the growth areas that I've experienced, especially in the last six months, like being, you know, this being more of a full-time thing for me where before it was, honestly, it was like, I was part of the conversation and it was a bit of a side hustle, if you will. Um, having this be, you know, what I'm primarily focused on has been um, so much trust, but but um, really in myself and my own leadership, I, um, I think I was, um, was undervaluing my leadership. And so one of the big things I've been working on um, is, is my own personal leadership and how I show up. I, I'm very good at doing stuff, but like even having the being of leader, we talk a lot about not just about like what you do, but like how you do it, being the being of it, like what the experience is for those around me. So being a leader in, in all different ways. Um, and then another area of growth for me has been um, probably saying the tough thing and like knowing that I'll be loved no matter what by my team. And that's really big because, you know, you kind of get that 
smacked out of you, especially in corporate, you know, because I've had too many hand slaps where it's a little bit like this, like, you know, post-traumatic experience. Trauma. Yeah, it's a trauma. It's a trauma. You're right. It's a trauma. Um, so like, you know, relearning, like I, my voice has value. And even if it's not popular or um, agreed upon, like it, especially in this place, like even if it's wrong or not popular, I think I already said that I'll still be loved and valued and respected. And that's huge growth for me, huge growth. Mm. So, um, it's been a beautiful journey. It's been, there's some days and weeks are harder than others, you know, making tough, tough decisions, you know, making the wrong decision and having to fire a vendor or spending money that we shouldn't have on something. But like those lessons, like we, we learn them, they hurt. And we, 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 yes. And it. Okay. Let's yes. And it. We're going to keep learning. Where are we going? What did we learn? Where are we going? Yep. I I would say the other thing that that I learned too, is I had, I took a month leave because I ground myself into the ground working from home and not having good boundaries. And so here we're building this business that's supposed to be supporting parents and creating the life they want to be lit. So like all these things that we should be walking and talking and I hit a wall and my team, my partners were like, we, I'm like, I think I need a break. And they were like, yeah, you do need a break. I'm like, I'd like two weeks. And they were like, take a month. And I was like, what? A month? They're going to find out they don't need me. I'm going to become irrelevant. They're giving me the slow push out. Like, like I totally panicked. And then I was like, no, it's really what I need. And they're coming from a place of love and a place of support. And it was a huge exercise in letting go and trust. And my job for the first two weeks was to do nothing, which was incredibly hard after like going full tilt, you know, for two years almost. And then coming back and then being like, oh, I just did the thing that so many people need to do when they're burnt out because it takes months and years to burn yourself out. You can't just take a vacation and, and bounce back from that. So it, it, I felt like it connected me back to the people that we want to serve. As I like to say, I always want my feet a little bit wet from the river that my clients and the people I'm working with are trying to cross. So if I, my feet are dry, I've crossed the river, I don't remember, then I'm not as connected and it's not as meaningful when I'm offering support. Um, so as much as getting burnt out was not fun, having a month off turned out to be nice. It, it reconnected me to people who, who are having those same experiences right now. Well, let me ask you this, Anna. So you said that you thought that they didn't need you when you left. When did you actually realize or when will you realize that? I'm assuming you did realize. When did you realize in that month time, five week time, six week time that they actually did need you and you were valuable? Well, the nice thing is they gave me a lot of space, but then I was like, uh oh, <laughs> I'm not hearing from them that much. Hold but on. Hold on. We have a really big thing around boundaries and well being. So we, we really, do. we really do. Like, like well being is foundational. And for those listening, like, you know, if anyone's feeling um, burned out or like they think they might be getting burned out, then that is like red light, red light, yeah. red light, like take care of yourself. So yeah. like we were like, yes, Anna, you yeah. need to go take care of yourself. Number one. Number two, we're like, what do you want? When do you want to hear from us? How do you want to hear from us? And we wanted to make sure we were respecting boundaries because because boundaries are really, really important because um, we know that when we our boundaries aren't um upheld, whether they're communicated or not, it can cause frustration and resentment and we, that we don't want to operate in that world. So I just need to put that in. I did say that I was going full Baker, which is named after 
who is Kristen Baker is our director of coaching and um, she has the best boundaries of anyone you'll ever meet in your life. And, and you'll love her for it. You don't get mad at her about it because she's so good at it. It's like, she's clear. she's clear, she's generous, she's loving. Um, and so they're like, well, how, how, how boundary do you want to be? I said, I'm going full Baker. And they're all like, so I went full Baker um, and they, they, I said, call me with good news and call me if you miss me. And they absolutely did. They texted me. I think my pen was probably missed the most, my sense of humor and my writing. <laughs> um, but, but I think that it allowed me to really sit back and build more trust around my team. And when I came back, they were so happy to see me. And, and we had just closed a really big deal with a really sexy company right as I was coming back. So it was very celebratory and cool. And, and now I would say that I have a, a stronger boundary line about punching out at the end of the day, when my day starts, when my day ends, they know that they can communicate with me if they think that I'm, that I'm doing too much or my boundaries are, are you know, falling down. Um, did, but I would say that my, I would say my writing was probably missed the most. <laughs> did the reassurance come from the team or did it come from yourself? Cause I think there's a lot of people listening right now, right? That they, they had that same thought. They leave their company, their team's not going to want it anymore or they're going to find that they're going to do it better without them. And sometimes it's basically our own self-doubt. Other times it's basically getting that reassurance from the people around you. Was it one or the other? Was it a little bit of both? Or Well, one thing I'll say is my team is great at reassuring me. We're very good at acknowledging each other and, and calling each other out for our strengths and our zones of genius. I'm incredibly hard on myself. And so I think it was really more about finding that worth inside of myself and not, 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 like they try, they try all the time to tell me that I'm great. And and we have a text thread that we keep so that when one of us is down to court, we can be like, remind me who I am. And everyone's like, you're the best, you're the bomb, here's a gift, this is why you're awesome, blah, 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 blah. Um, but that to me is like, it's like a it's like a quick hit of something nice. You're like, oh yeah, I feel great. And then it burns out, right? The work that I have to do, and it's an ongoing process, is convincing, not even convincing myself, trusting myself, knowing myself, what I the game I play with my mind because our brains are fun uh, neuroplastic machines that we can manipulate is I have so much faith and trust in these five women that even though I don't always know that I'm great I trust them and see their standard is so high that if I'm with them and that they want me and we're doing this work together and they tell me I'm great I have to override my itty bitty shitty committee that lives inside here and trust, and I do the same thing with my husband. I trust that my husband's amazing and has great taste. Therefore, I must be hot. Therefore, you know, my team is amazing. Therefore, I must be great, right? So if I can't trust myself, who do I trust? I trust my team. I trust my husband. Hmm. That's, I think that's a great way. I think for, for a lot of us, if you need that that little push right there, that's I think that's a great way to look at it. Um, it's, like, it's like training wheels. Yeah. <laughs> If let's say we were talking in five years from now um, and we'll go with you, Elena, first, where do you see yourself and the company in, let's say, five years? Is it already sold for a trillion dollars or is that? Oh, you know, we're somewhere between the five and eight year mark that would be sold for trillion billion dollars. But I already okay. know my next act. So <laughs> so my next act um, will be um, I, wa I want to invest in women owned businesses and particularly mm -hmm. BIPOC women-owned businesses to support them in growing. Because what we found is that there's a lot of resources to like, oh, build your business plan and, you know, do X, Y, Z. 
But um, in order to get the support that I think many people need, it's like they need the confidence. They need some of the work that Anna was just talking about. And that comes in coaching. I just, I believe so much in like the, the, um, the process of coaching. So I want to have a, I would ha like to have some kind of, you know, agency or something. Maybe we, we hitch our wagon to someone else that like provides coaching as well as dollars that are, you know, it's going to be one of those VC kind of things or like angel investor kind of things. Like if they win, we win, but I'm not going to like try to micromanage it for them. And I want it to be really focused on, on, on female entrepreneurs, BIPAC female entrepreneurs, and really, really help to change kind of the support that's out there for, for women. That seems like a more popular thing recently. I've had a couple of people that actually have businesses like that. And it's a kind of a definitely interesting way of, of looking at it. Um, what about what about you, um, Anna? Well, that this this ties into the trickle mama trickle down mamanomics theory that we have at uh, at Lumo. But we have a theory that you know that women and mothers particularly are so generous, and if you invest in them, they give it back to the community. They they take they take care of the elderly. They take care of kids. They if there's extra in the tank, they share it. And and um, one of the Kristen Baker of the Baker Boundary picks talk about those champagne glass fountains, you know, that just sort of trickles down and everything else. It is the only place where trickle down economics actually works because we've already seen it doesn't work economically in our country. That's not political, is it, Elena? Um, <laughs> and um, I'll let so it pass. I, I really, really want to continue to source women and continue to source mothers and and change the culture around parenting. Um, but one thing I'm really passionate about is helping people find their voice and convey what they need to say. Um, and so in my own practice, I work with writers a lot. Um, I'd like to work with women around their birth stories. I think a lot of women have trauma around their birth that they never process and they carry it with them. So something I'd love to do is help women write and tell their birth stories in a storytelling format. I'd like to keep working with writers, but particularly writers who have trouble accessing their voice and, and getting it out there. And then I feel like my biggest raison d'etre on this planet is to be like 100% authentically myself all the time so that other people can feel the freedom to do the same. So what I really love to be doing is, is writing and public speaking. So I'm working on a book for our company right now and um, doing a lot of writing. So I wanna travel and I wanna talk to strangers and I wanna help people find their voice. All right, let me let me ask a follow-up question on this. So you brought up the idea that um, pregnant women, right, give more back to the community, right? Uh, well, not necessarily pregnant, mothers. Oh, mothers, pregnant, sorry. Yeah, mothers. Pregnant women are busy. <laughs> okay, so mothers give back more to the community. And I've had, I've had a couple of people talk about this in the past, that some people will give more than they probably should, and they don't charge enough or they don't give us enough to themselves. If you had basically a client that's, that has that kind of mindset of just wanting to give back, how do you get them to self-realize or help understand that they have to take care of themselves and their company before giving back? Oh, well, I have a book. Okay. It's not your money. It's, it's about, um, it's really about like this idea. So a lot of times when people are not charging enough, it's a worth conversation. Mm. And it's also like a um, scarcity mindset right? Like there's not enough to go around. So this book is, is called, it's not your money by Tasha silver. It totally completely changed my concept of like scarcity and abundance. Um, so I would have them read this. In fact, I've had many of my clients read this. 
um, first and foremost, but also, you know, get, get, have the conversation with them about worth and what, what their relationship is to their own self-worth mm. um, and finding out like, you know, what has them stopping, you know, and, and why are they, um, why do they think they shouldn't charge? Do they charge lower than market or whatever it is? Cause a lot, I mean, it's obviously there's still going to be supply and demand and there's like, there's like economic theory to some of it, but like from their perspective, like what's in the way of them actually like, getting paid for, you know, when people, and that's something that we actually practice too, when people are like, Oh, you know, we won't pay, we won't, we won't charge you for that. We're like, no, like we're going to pay you because it's like an integrity thing too. Right. We're going to pay you what you're worth. Yeah. Like we're a startup and we might need to ask you to reduce your price a little bit, like, you know, if you can, but like, or, or vice versa, but like, Hey, we want to, we want, there's gotta be a value. Ex- there's an exchange of value. And, and, and we want to make sure that you're getting what you, what you're worth and what you deserve. One of the things that I, I worked on with a client of mine is she is such a generous person, but we had to unpack like, where is she giving from? Is she giving from panic? Is she giving yeah. from proving? Is she giving from like, I'm not enough? Like what's the, what's the drive? Is it pure generosity? Are you coming from a place of like open heartedness that fills your body with joy or you're like dried up, crusty, resentful, and you're still giving? So we created a generosity grid. I'm like, it's great to be generous. It's great to give. And she owns her own company and she gives a lot of stuff away for free. And I'm like, you know, what, what is your time worth when you're getting paid? So like figure out what that rate is. And if you want to give away energy or time or writing, uh, consulting or whatever, how many hours would you like to give away a week? How many hours would you like to give away a month? And then you choose it mindfully. I'm going to work with a new writer that has no money. I'll work with her for three months and help her get her first book started. Yeah. Like being at choice and being at effect of the choice instead of being run over and driven over and giving and giving and giving. And, and the central uh, sort of uh, the thought for trickle down momonomics to me is the mother has to be sourced to have extra. And I have a, a talk that I give about um, being from Maine we have um, lobster in Casco Bay and it's like our biggest industry. And very, very early on in the 1800s or early 1900s, lobstermen in Maine started V-notching their fertile females. You pull out a female lobster that has eggs, you put a mark on her tail so that everyone who catches her will see that this chick makes lobster. So she goes back in. And the only lobster fishery that hasn't collapsed in America is in Maine. And it's because they started V-notching really early. And to me, like the lobster, the female lobster is like my deity, my, my central case for like, see what happens when you take care of mothers and let them have their babies in a healthy environment without stress. So let's be more like lobsters. There's actually a great talk that Anna gives with more details about lobsters. It will blow your mind, (laughs) blow your mind, Vinny. We'll have to share that link with you because it's incredible. You'll never... I, also, I, I also work as a Sternman sometimes in the summer, which is why I know such a peculiar amount about lobster. <laughs> uh, let me finish it off with, with this question. Um, if you could talk and we'll go with Anna first. If you could talk to your younger self, your your 20 year old self, or you know, what advice would you give that person? Hmm. Well, my 20 something self, it would be, you're not a leading lady. You're a character actress. <laughs> not worrying about how you look. <laughs> um, 
be nice. Be nice to yourself. Um, you're doing so much better than you know. What about you, Elena? Hmm. I think I would tell myself, um, you don't have to carry the weight of the world on yourself, on your shoulders. You don't have to do it all yourself. Um, allow support. If, um, if someone's listening right now and they feel like they're relating to either of you ladies there, they need that coaching. What's the best way, or maybe they, they like the process and then maybe they might feel better with one of your other founders. Mm -hmm. um, what's the best way of them finding each of you, finding the company? What's the best way? Oh gosh, such a good question. And so simple. <laughs> you just go to lumoleadership.com and that is spelled. I'm going to let Anna spell it because she always makes fun of me. Spell lumoleadership.com, please. L-U-M-O-L-E-A-D-E-R-S-H-I-P dot C-O-M. Thank you. And you can follow us on Instagram and we're on LinkedIn and we're on Facebook. And I think we even have TikTok and Pinterest. Yep. I just don't, I can't, I don't even know. It's all so the places. Lumo, Lumo Leadership, baby. Come and find us and check out. We've got some great content. Um, in our link tree, we got some worksheets and some audio stories we put in and we've always gotten new stuff bubbling and popping and maybe your company needs us, maybe you need us, but come find us. Well, we have, I think most of the information in the show notes. I don't think we have your TikTok, so you probably have to Google them. And try oh to find gosh, them. you'll have to find the TikTok. We can send you the TikTok. You gotta get the lobster story too though. We need you to have that too, Vinny, because it is very, very good. Very, very good. So if you're listening right now, go to the show notes. Uh, you'll find most of the information uh, there. And I'm guessing if they go to the website, there'll be some kind of way of figuring out who's going to be the best coach for them or things like that, right? Okay. Yeah, they can contact, there's a contact us page. They can see all of our coaches. We have not only the founders that we mentioned, but we also have our, our cohort of coaches. So they can click and they can email the coach directly if they're interested in talking to them. And, um, and we can go from there. Well, thank you, ladies, for being here. Thank you for, for being honest and, and walking us through the positive, the negatives, and how powerful motherhood can be. It's like a lobster, right? It's like, like a lobster. lobster. Like, like a lobster. lobster. <laughs> Always shedding and growing. Shedding and growing, Vinny. You're growing. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> Everyone, please subscribe. Please share and go to the show notes. Find these ladies. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.